0: Swing. i don't know i don't know any golf terms <laughs> he's using using a wedge wait that's for putting i think or something
1: no wedge is totally iron,
0: iron something iron head nine <laughs> nine, nine iron i'm just <laughs> gonna figure it out eventually i think i would know more when my dad lived above a golf course for a couple of years
1: <laughs> oh jesus yep
0: started mm-hmm. i know you did because there was a weird, like this weird pause and i was like really gonna start it post We trying to get into character yep. <laughs> best time and uh austin hits record they're distracted i they haven't noticed yet
2: <laughs> sounds like a dick move to me <laughs> uh, but yes she is a professional one that's quiet. I'd be the obnoxious, you know, fucking person <laughs> they bring in from another TV series just to get more ratings, <laughs> right? No,
1: you guys would remind me totally of the uh, the dodgeball announcers when they're in the final <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't know. <remember.
2: laughs> oh my <laughs> god, I know. It's so funny.
1: Welcome to ESPN 8, the Joe.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I know, because there's so many ESPNs and you know, like, the less important of the sport. The higher the number. <laughs> yep. But anyways, I digress. I'm Brie. I'm Burr. And welcome to the Creepcast with Bray Burr. So this week's topic is the possible ghost shipped the Mary Celeste. Ooh. I had to look it up because I was nervous because I was like confident it was Celeste, but then the inner part of me was like, what if it's Celeste? And I'm like <gasps> <gasps> You're right, anxiety, you always are. <laughs> Everything I do is wrong until I confirm it's not. You
2: don't get tacos until you're correct. <gasps> yeah,
0: it's like it's like That's instead of life.
2: Infant, nobody... innocent
0: until proven guilty, I'm just guilty until I'm proven innocent. <laughs> That's how my anxiety works. Like my anxiety is like whatever you're doing, it's the wrong thing. You should know until better. until it's proven right. But until then, until I prove that this is the right thing, it's wrong and you're wrong. And you're, and you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life. <laughs> And then I scream.
1: <laughs> is this why your hands are always shaking?
0: Literally, I'm telling you. Everyone's like, "Oh, did you get blood tested?" Like, yeah, did blood tests and things like that. I am pretty sure I've self-diagnosed myself. Not a doctor. I know I'm not treating myself.
1: Clearly, <laughs>
0: I know. But I'm convinced my shaking is just all of my pent-up anxiety, and my brain has hit nirvana. But my body's like, we got to get this out somehow. <laughs> So as as Taylor Swift once said, shake it off.
2: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Uh. But anyways, the Mary Celeste. (laughs) What is the Mary Celeste, you may ask? Let me tell you. So, Mary Celeste was an American merchant, Brigantine, Brigantine, discovered adrift and deserted in the Atlantic Ocean off the Azores Island on December 4th, 1872. The Canadian Brigantine uh, de Gratia found her in a disheveled but seaworthy condition under partial sail, and with her lifeboat missing, the last entry in her log was dated 10 days earlier. She had left New York City for Genoa on November 7th and was still amply provisioned when found. Her cargo was of denatured alcohol was intact, and the captain's and crew's personal belongings were undisturbed. None of those who had been on board were ever heard from again.
2: Circuit death.
0: So Mary Celeste was built in Spencer's Island, Nova Scotia, and launched under British Regist- British Registration, Jesus Christ, <laughs> is Amazon, in 1861. She was transferred to American ownership and registration in 1868 when she acquired her new name. Thereafter, she sailed uneventfully until her 1872 voyage. At the salvage hearings in Gibraltar, following her recovery, the court's officers considered various possibilities of foul play, including mutiny by Mary Celeste's crew, piracy by the De Gratia uh, crew or others, and conspiracy to carry out insurance or salvage fraud. No convincing evidence supported these theories, but unresolved suspicions led to a relatively low salvage award. Mm -hmm. Which I think, fair, if there's more suspicion it should lower the cost if your car has mysterious bleach stains (laughs) the cost will go down (laughs) What mysterious
1: bleach stains
0: i I was trying to go with like if they clean their car blood but that also sounds like other things so whatever fuck it fuck it we're wrong with it choose your own adventure (laughs) Seaman or blood (laughs) Blood is chosen, turn to page 57. <laughs> you remember those? Choose your own
2: adventure books? Mm-hmm.
1: I was just thinking of the killer car. I couldn't think of the name.
2: Killer car. Christine?
1: Yeah, that one. The car. Like, oh, there's random bleach things. Oh, okay, yeah, okay.
0: Now I get it because the car kills people. Got mm-hmm. it, on it. A little slow process today, but we're there. And turn, 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 turn. <laughs> <laughs> The little, little chimpanzee in my brain.
2: It's like, all right, we got this. <laughs> Principle, oh, I got it. <laughs> click,
1: click, click, click. click. <laughs> all right, reloaded for next
0: time. <laughs> yeah, then it's like the giant, like, what is it? Uh, Rolodex
2: of me, like, trying to find references. So like... <laughs> all right. The inconclusive nature of hearing fostered. Uh, continued speculation as the nature of the mystery, and the story has repeti- repeatedly can completely been complicated by false details and fantasy. Hypotheses that have been advanced include the effects on the crew of alcohol fumes rising from the cargo, submarine earthquakes, uh, water spouts, attack of giant squids, and paranormal interventions. After the Gibraltar hearing, Mary Celeste continued in service under new owners in 1885. Her captain deliberately wrecked her off the coast of Haiti as part of an attempted insurance fraud. The story of her 1872 abandonment has been recounted, dramatized many times in documentaries, novels, plays, and films. And the name of the ship has become a byword of unexplained desertion. Yes, which I love that.
0: They're like insurance fraud was happening here. And then it's like literally a couple years later. That's exactly how the ship gets destroyed as an insurance fraud attempt. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Mary Celeste, Captain Briggs, and crew. (sighs) Benjamin Briggs was born on Warham, Massachusetts on April 24th of 1835. One of five sons of Sea Captain Nathan Briggs all but one of the sons went to sea. Two became captains. Benjamin was an obedient Christian who read the Bible regularly and often bore witness to his faith and prayer meetings. And you know what that got him as a reward in life? In in, uh, 1862, he married his cousin, Sarah Elizabeth Cobb. Oh, my God. Isn't that great? It was acceptable. That faith. (laughs) It was what they did. These white people are stupid. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And um, they enjoyed their uh, a Mediterranean honeymoon on board his schooner schooner schooner. Forest King. Two children were born: son Arthur in September of 1865, and daughter Sophia Matilda in October of 1870. Wow. I know, right?
0: So by the time of Sophia's birth, uh, Briggs had achieved a high standing within his profession. Nevertheless, he considered retiring from the seer or at the sea. Might be the sea. Pretty sure that's the sea. Listen, I typed this really late at night. Eight pages, so you know. You that all makes sense. Um he considered retiring from the sea to go into business with his seafaring brother Oliver, who had also grown tired of the wandering life. They did not proceed with this project, but instead each invested in his savings in a share of a ship. Oliver and Julia, a Hollock, and Benjamin and Mary Celeste. In October 1872, Benjamin took command of Mary Celeste for her first voyage following her extensive New York refit, which was to take her to Genoa in Italy. He arranged for his wife and infant infant daughter to accompany him, while his school-aged son was left at home with his grandmother. Sorry, kid, you gotta go to school. We get to go on a vacation to Italy, but you have to stay. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so Briggs chose the crew for this voyage with care. First mate, uh, first mate Albert G. Richardson, was married to a niece of Winchester and had sailed under Briggs before. Second mate, Andrew Gilling, aged about 25, was born in New York and was of Danish, ish, uh, Danish extraction. The steward, newly married Edward William Head, was signed on with a personal recommendation from Winchester. The four general seamen were all Germans from the Friesen Islands, uh, the brothers Volkert and Bose Lorenzen, uh, Arian Martins, and Gottlieb Godschul. Uh A later testimonial described them as peaceable and first-class sailors. In a letter to his mother shortly before the voyage, Briggs declared himself eminently satisfied with the ship and crew. Sarah Briggs informed her mother that the crew appeared to be quietly capable if they continue as they have begun. Which, I don't know, seems kind of ominous.
2: hmm
0: But what do I know? I just type here. Oh, okay, well, it's your turn?
2: Yeah, abandonment of Mary Celeste. Yeah, I know that little bit. <laughs> okay. I know it that's like the
0: worst. Is what it's like. Okay, title of the next section is on the bottom of the page, and then you immediately have to turn it. I'm like,
2: ah. turn the page. Sometimes I'm like,
0: maybe <laughs> if I just change the font slightly, and then I'm like, no, Diana.
1: but you can just hit. The then inner it messes button.
2: everything up. You know what?
1: Or you just hit the enter button.
2: Then it messes everything up. Yeah. No. How does it mess everything up? Just Everything's
1: everything ruined up. because it's a,
0: it's a it's a simple solution, so therefore it'll ruin everything.
2: <laughs> it's not correct, Ben. Logic. <laughs> you would get docked points if you did that in college. You should know better.
1: What are you talking about? No, you wouldn't. It's
2: not correct. It's not perfect, then.
1: Oh God, we're <laughs> all some prissy
0: bitches. I mean, I was no English major, so what do I know?
2: <laughs> okay, in New York. On October twentieth of eighteen seventy-two, Briggs arrived at Pier Fifty on the East River in New York City to supervise the loading of the ship's cargo of one thousand seven hundred and one barrels of denatured alcohol, which is
0: like such an odd number. Yeah, right. Like one thousand seven hundred just tack on an extra barrel just in case.
1: Gotta have drinking
0: water. Wait. I guess. Well, it's not a barrel of drinking water. It's a barrel of denatured alcohol, which sounds very dangerous.
1: Yeah. What the
0: hell is that, anyway? Yellow. I don't know. <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> Listen, you yell at me about some of the shit I say, and then you come out with that.
1: There is you a purpose... come to my
0: house.
2: <laughs> this is my house.
0: <laughs> which makes it even funnier when I say that. Jesus Christ, get on the joke.
2: <laughs> I am on
1: the joke.
0: Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yes. You're, You're fucking made it to Target. <laughs> He's made it, <waiting>, guys. <laughs> hey,
2: no more potatoes for right now. <laughs> he must have gotten full. fat ass.
0: <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> you guys are going to get raided. They're going to be like, I heard there was spousal abuse here. Because <laughs> our listeners are going to call the police trying to rescue us. <laughs> I can
2: finally get my wrist car my- times. I'm not wearing orange for you you can't take care of the babies on your own Bray would kill you I would,
0: I would kill you because I would, I would be the you. one taking care
2: of <laughs> you both being orange <laughs> oh my god and who would take care of the babies me I can do it no you can't
1: throw them in the car you-
2: and they're gonna go to work with you.
1: Yep, everything will be great.
2: <laughs> Everything's
0: gonna be
1: okay. Yep, oh just god. like Cat Buck says. Oh my god,
2: fucking
0: don't go with a solid no. This is no Mister <laughs> Mom happening over here. You're just
2: jealous.
0: Uh, <laughs> there's a song about that.
1: Yeah, I know. I love that song. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Play Barney for the seventeenth
0: time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love it. So good. Anyways,
2: all right. Where was I? I don't, I don't remember.
0: Know.
2: Something about yelling. At oh, the, the barrels. Pal, we
0: were wondering barrels. Yes. Yep.
2: Uh, his wife and baby daughter joined him a week later, on Sunday, November third. Briggs wrote to his mother to say that he intended to leave on Tuesday, adding that our vessel is in beautiful trim and I hope we shall have a fine passage. So old-timey, right? And I hope we shall have a fine passage. Yes. Hmm.
1: Quite. No, no, let's let's get some stories. We want some
0: dangerous sailing going on here, guys. Nope. That would not be me. I'd be like, listen.
2: Adventure is out there. I know
0: you guys said... I was, you know, that I'm helping out and I'm part of the crew. I quit. (laughs) I go on. I forgot about my ocean phobia. (laughs)
1: My ocean phobia?
0: I do. I'm terrified of it. (sighs) Open water. Open water and shit. Anyway, I was reading.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Where did
0: I leave off
1: on? I don't remember. On Tuesday
0: morning.
2: On Tuesday morning, Mary Celeste left Pier 50 with Briggs, his wife and daughter, and seven crew members, and moved into New York Harbor. The... I can't read that. The weather was uncertain, and Briggs decided to wait for better conditions. He anchored the ship just off uh, Staten Island, where... Staten. Staten? Oh, yeah, Staten. Staten. Why do you bitches correct me earlier then? Cause I, I didn't think about it. Really. The I only time hear I hear now. Staten Island is SNL, because that's where...
0: Davidson and... What's his face? Colin Jost is from...
2: Okay, so Staten Island then. Um, but there, Sarah used the delay to send a final letter to her mother-in-law. Tell Arthur, she wrote, I make great dependence on the letters I shall get get from him and will try to remember everything that happened on the voyage which he would be pleased to hear. The weather eased two days later, and Mary Celeste left the harbor and entered the Atlantic.
0: Yes, so, like you said, very like casual, like a little Ooh. bit of delay, but whatever, things are fine. Everything. Nothing suspicious. Guys. So the derelict. On December fourth, eighteen seventy-two, Captain Morehouse came on deck, and the helmsman reported a vessel at about six miles distance, heading unsteadily towards. <laughs> de gratia the ship's erratic movements and the onset of her sails led morehouse to suspect that something was wrong and the vessel drew, as the vessel drew close he could see nobody on deck and he received no reply to his signals so he sent devo or devo and second mate john wright in a ship's boat in, to investigate the pair established that this was the mary celeste by the name on her stern then they climbed aboard to, and found a sh- the ship deserted uh, the sails were part, partly set and in poor condition; some missing altogether, and much of the rigging was damaged, with ropes hanging loosely over the sides. The main hatch cover was secure, but the fore and lazaretto uh, hatches were open. Their covers, besides them on the deck, the ship's single lifeboat was a small yawl that had apparently been stowed across the main, yeah, main hatch, but it was missing. While the binnacle housing the ship's compass and had, had shifted from its place, and its glass cover was broken. There was about three and a half feet of water in the hold, a significant but a significant but not alarming amount for a ship of this size. A, make, a makeshift sounding rod, a makeshift sounding rod, a device measuring the amount of water in the hold, was found abandoned on the deck.
2: <clears throat> uh, they found the ship's daily log in the mate's cabin, and its final entry was dated at eight a.m. on November twenty-fifth. Nine days earlier. Which, I mean, I'm sorry, that's so spooky. What? It's creepy.
0: I don't like, it's like you find a deserted ship, and then, like, the log is dated. And, I mean, nine days isn't, like, a short amount of time, but that's, like, still, like, not that long of a yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess at sea, I guess it's a long time. Not really. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, if you're, like, stranded on a little boat.
1: Uh, I guess.
0: I'd um, be making up Wilson. By day two, said. <laughs> it's like Bridget. There's other people on this boat. I'm like, I don't care. Well said. Well said.
1: understands me. <laughs> Fuck you, Bridget.
2: <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> um, it recorded Mary Celeste's position uh, as off Santa Maria Island in Azor- Azores. The Azores, yeah. Yay, Azores. Nearly four. 400 nautical miles from the point where where uh, Gratia encountered her. DeVoe saw the captain's, um, ca- I'm sorry, cabin interior were wet and untidy from water that had been uh, entered through doorways and skylights, but were otherwise in reasonable order. He found personal objects scattered about Briggs' cabin, including a sheathed sword under the bed, but most of the ship's papers were missing along with the captain's uh, navigational instruments. Gallery, no, galley? Yep. Galley equipment was neatly stowed away. There was no food prepared or under preparation, but there were ample provisions in the stores. There were no obvious signs of fire or violence. The evidence indicated an orderly departure from the ship by means of the missing lifeboat. Devoe returned to report these findings to Morehouse, who decided to bring the derelict. Yep. Yay. Into a uh, uh, into Gibraltar, six hundred nautical miles away, under um ma- maritime. Thank you, maritime law. A salvor could expect the um, a substantial share of the combined values of rescued v- vessel and cargo, the exact award depending on the degree in, of danger inherent in the salvaging. Monroe, uh, I'm sorry, Morehouse divided Delgratio's crew of eight between two vessels, sending Devoe and two experienced seamen to Mary Celeste, who, I'm sorry, while he and four others remained on Delgratio. Uh, De De Gracia reached Gibraltar on uh, December twelfth. Mary Celeste w- had encountered fog and entered the following morning. She was immediately impounded by the Vice Admiral
1: Admiral,
2: Admiral? Admiral Court to uh, prepare for salvage hearings. Devoe wrote to his wife that the ordeal is bringing the ordeal of bringing the ship in was such that I can hardly tell what I am made of but I could not care so long as I got in safe. I shall be well paid for the Mary Celeste. Yeah, so essentially, found a ship, abandoned,
0: but in good shape. So they just picked it up and was like, well, I guess we can make some money off this. Money,
2: money, money, money.
0: But yeah, so, proposed solutions of what happened on the Mary Celeste. Um, The evidence of the Gibraltar failed to support Flood's theories of murder and conspiracy, yet suspicion lingered of foul play. Flood and some newspaper reports briefly suspected insurance fraud on the part of Winchester on the basis that Mary Celeste had been heavily overinsured. Winchester was able to refute these allegations, and no inquiry was instituted by the insurance companies that issued the policies. So in 1931, an article in the Quarterly Review suggested that Morehouse could have lain in wait for Mary Celeste... Then Lord Briggs and his crew aboard De Gratia and killed them there. Paul Begg argues that this theory ignores the fact that De Gratia was the slower ship. She left New York eight days after Mary Celeste and would not have caught Mary Celeste before she reached Gibraltar. So, already some interesting options. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: In Winchester, I mean, I'm wondering if this is going with
2: the Winchester rifle family. I was thinking that, actually.
0: But I don't know. I didn't look further into it because it was 2 a.m. and. I need to get to bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so then um, another theory points that Briggs and Morehouse were partners in conspiracy, share the salvage to share the salvage proceeding proceedings. The unsustained uh, unsubsta- Jesus Christ. Unsubstantiated friendship between the two captains has been cited by commentators as making such a plan a plausible explanation. Hicks commented that if Morehouse and Briggs had been planning such a scam, they would not have de- devised such an attention-drawing mystery. He also asks why Briggs left his son Arthur behind if he intended to disappear permanently. Another suggested event was an attack by Riffian pirates who were active off the coast of Morocco in the ni- 1870s. However, Charles Idé Fay observes that pirates would have looted the ship, yet the personal possessions of the captain and crew were left undisturbed, some of the significant value. In 1925, historian John Gilbert Lockhart surmised that Briggs slaughtered all on board and then killed himself in a fit of religious mania. Lockhart later spoke to Briggs' descendants, descendants and he apologized and withdrew this theory in a later edition of his book. That's cool. Kind of shitty, just accusing people of religious mania-driven murders, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then was like, oh, probably feel bad a little bit, a little bit bad about that. I didn't realize there were descendants still. Guess I'll refute that. Yeah.
1: Hey, at least he did that.
0: True. Mm-hmm. Also, pirates. Pirates are always solid, but also the dispute that it's not all their shit was taken.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, what was the other thing? And then, yeah, I feel like knowing each other, if that was, like, a plan to get you insurance fraud or whatever. Like, why would you leave your other kid? Yeah. Unless that kid really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He couldn't and then talk you're like, back. fuck this guy. <laughs> We're starting somewhere new with just my daughter. <sighs> Listen, I'm not saying no, that that's saying, what happened. No, I'm saying, like,
1: that sounded wrong.
0: Well, I mean, it happens, unfortunately. It is an unfortunate realism in today's, well, not today's society, but it has happened. I've heard stories of it. It's awful. Ugh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They fucking just ditched him like Kevin Miss Callister. How do you not realize you're missing a child by the time you get on a plane? Right? Home Alone. Oh. That shit was fucked. Lifeboat. Just Life forgetting a whole child. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <sighs> but yeah, lifeboat. Lifeboat. In Cobb's view, the transfer of personnel to the uh, y'all may have been intended as a temporary safety measure. He speculated from DeVoe reports on the state of the rigging and ropes that the ship's main hel- halyard Halliard may have been used to attach the yawl to the ship, enabling the company to return on board when the danger had passed, leaving the yawl adrift with its occupants. Begg notes how... Illogical. Thank you. Illogical would be to attach the yawl to a vessel that the crew thought was about to explode or sink. McDonald Hastings points out that Briggs was an experienced captain and asked whether he would have effected a panicked abandonment. If the Mary Celeste had blown her timbers, she would have been a better bet for survival than the ship's boat. If this was what happened... Says Hastings, Briggs behaved like a fool, worse, a frightened one.
0: Yeah, so like, essentially what they're saying is if the ship was sinking or possibly exploding. But they weren't 100% sure it was going to happen, so that's why they left the boat tied to it. I feel like that's kind of logical. I feel like that's a smart idea, though, because it's like, if you're not 100% sure the ship is going to blow up or sink, and then it does, whatever, but say then it does, or it starts like being obvious that it's going to happen, you just cut the rope. Mm-hmm. And then drift away.
2: Goodbye. Because you're going to die then. Yep. What are you smirking about over there? I know. But then again.
1: I got a song stuck in my head.
2: Oh. But yeah. Me... Then...
1: It's that old uh, rock song. Give me the soul. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Dumb <laughs> man. drift away. <laughs>
0: wow. yeah, I literally was just thinking about that song too. But I was like, no, Brianna. We've had already some song puns. <laughs> but, um. No, what was I going to say? Um. Uh... Drifting. Oh, but yeah, I was going to say, but I don't know. I'm not a sea person. I don't, I don't, I've never cap in, capped a ship. I've never been a sailor. You don't oh, want to be on the sea? I don't even know how to do any fancy knots.
1: You only need like two, three Too knots? fancy. And they're really easy.
2: Okay. You're, it's because you Listen. were a Boy Scout. That's why it's easy. No,
1: I suck at doing knots. <laughs> <laughs> I only do like two <laughs>
2: That's why you said you needed only, and then you looked around and said two.
1: <laughs> no, I think I said like two or three.
2: Note uh, to self, don't go on a boat with us. And, yeah.
1: Well, you only need the eight knot, and that's so that way the rope doesn't fly out of this. so like when you have to sail up, then the eight knot stops the rope from it, like pulling all the way through, and I think you need to have like a square knot to tie it off in a certain spot.
2: Why well, got to be a square? I don't know. I don't know what any of this means, but so okay. So an eight
1: knot literally looks like the number eight.
2: <laughs> it
0: separated doesn't note. We're gonna move on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's almost said he's got like a presentation board of the different nuts.
1: <laughs> In this slide here, you see how the nut is made. Where
2: did the PowerPoint? All take it was SpongeBob, the Fine dutchman the monkey's fist, <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> Just like all of a sudden there's
0: like a projector I'm like what is happening Like the
1: old like 1980s one Yeah. The actual the slides, slides yeah.
0: Oh my god and that it made terrifying Because then every time they fucking went to the new slide And it just got like closer That shit was wild I was like no Get the salt <laughs> Get the salt But I digress
2: Yes yes yeah. Moving forward to natural phenomena. Phenomenon. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. It's I'll been a it. while. <laughs> Commentators generally agree that some extraordinarily alarming circumstances must have arisen to cause the entire crew to abandon a sound and seaworthy ship with ample provisions. Uh, DeVoe mentioned an explanation based on the sounding rod found on deck. He suggested that Briggs abandoned a ship after a false sounding because of a malfunction of a pump or other mishaps, which gave a false impression that the vessel was taking on water rapidly. Which, fair.
0: Because they did say there was some water, and if something was Mm kind of messed up, where it messed up the reading as it made it seem like more water was coming.
2: Yep.
1: I wonder if... uh... Is there a possible way that the, the ship could flip and then reflip back over?
0: This is a yeah, big-ass ship. Would, yeah, I was going to say, but why would... Um,
1: like a tsunami or something.
0: Well, yeah, but why wouldn't the lifeboat be gone? Yeah. They got and I feel like a lot before. of their stuff would have been left in more of a disarray. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, then it would just be like a bigger mess.
1: i retract my statement.
2: <laughs> a severe water spri- a spout strike before the abandonment Could explain the amount of water in the ship and the ragged state of his riggings and sails. The low barometric pressure generated by the spout could have driven water from the bilges. Thank you, bilges up into the uh, the pumps, leading the crew to assume that the ship had been had taken on more water than she had, and was in danger of sinking. Certain death. So then other proffered explanations are the possible
0: appearance of a displaced iceberg, the fear of running aground while becalmed in a sudden seaquake, hydrographical evidence though suggested an iceberg drifting so far south was improbable and other ships would have seen it if there were one. Anyways, an earthquake on the seabed or a seaquake could have caused sufficient turbulence on the surface to damage parts of Mary Celeste's cargo, thus releasing noxious fumes. Rising fears of an imminent explosion could possibly have led Briggs to order the ship's abandonment. The displaced hatches suggest that an inspection or an attempted airing had taken place. I feel like the sea quake thing is kind of plausible. If they were like, because I don't know, um, with the unnatured alcohol, it's got, it seems like it's very, like, highly flammable, highly sensitive. So awesome. like if, really, well, yeah, because if they're worried about the ship exploding due to a sea quake, because they said, like, noxious fumes were released, and so then if someone maybe, like, lit something. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That they're worried that if something was lit or whatever. I don't I feel like that one's a pretty sound theory, but then, like, you know, they just didn't quite.
2: It was um, denatured alcohol, also called mithylasted spirits, or denatured reflected spirits. is ethanol that has additives to support... I'm sorry, uh, Added to make it poisonous. So it's not the drinking alcohol that we were thinking of. Well, yeah, I didn't think, I
0: didn't think it, yeah, I was going to say, I was was thinking that it might have been some form of like medicinal alcohol.
2: Yeah. And so it was bad tasting, poisonous, foul smelling, or nauseating to discourage recreational consumption. It is also sometimes dried so that it can be identified visually.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like said, well then, I feel like this is probably like one of the most plausible solutions. If we're going by realistic standards. A non-supernatural thing.
2: Yes. That's my theory. I like that for like a sensical theory, if you will. Oh, it also says it was for alcohol burners and camping stoves. So yeah. Yeah,
1: it was the burnable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to myth and false histories. Uh, so fact and fiction became intertwined in the decades that followed. The Los Angeles Times retold re- the Mary Celeste story in June 1883 and was inventive, uh, Was invented detail. So I guess they invented, made up a lot of stuff. Uh, so every sail was set, the tiller was lashed fast, and uh, not a rope was out of place. The fire was burning in the galley. The dinner was standing untasted and scarcely cold. The log written up to the hour of her discovery. Which, I mean, really? Who the fuck is believing that? But then again, I don't know. If I read it on some website and, like, I don't know. This is old-timey creepy pasta. For some of it, I'm like, maybe? And then there's the ones where you go to read and you're like, okay, this is so blatantly wrong <laughs> and made up. I cannot.
1: Hey, this is where the fun, uh, the fun spaghetti monster comes from. No, that's
2: yeah. an actual cult. It's got its own um book of prophecies it's got its own church that is a religion it's called the flying spaghetti monster uh,
1: yes i know but i'm just gospel. saying maybe this is where they get the idea of it
0: uh but yes like he said the fakery so uh the november 1906 overland monthly and out west magazine reported that the mary celeste drifted off the cape verde island some 1400 nautical miles south of the actual location among many inaccuracies, the first mate was a man named Briggs, and there were live chickens on board. Which it's like, okay, first off, not that I knew this before I read this article, but everyone else the captain is Briggs, dummy. He's not the first mate, oh my god.
2: Oh my god.
0: Also, this is me watching baking shows. <laughs> Don't bake a lick of my life, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, your, your caramel's crystallizing, bitch. Get it together.
2: Get your shit together, Linda. Don't judge.
0: I'm trash. But anyways, (laughs) I digress. So the most influential retelling, according to many commentators, was a story in the January 1884 issue of the Cornhill Magazine, which ensured that the Mary Celeste affair would never be forgotten. This was an early work of Arthur Conan Doyle. Doyle. If we may remember or recognize that name, anyone possibly? Writer of... um, Sherlock's home. I keep wanting to say Shakespeare, but I'm like, that's not right, Brianna. (laughs) Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare things. Shakespeare wrote
1: Shakespeare.
2: Shakespeare featuring Shakespeare (laughs) by Shakespeare. (laughs) Special guest Shakespeare.
1: Directed by Michael Bay.
0: What? (laughs) Romeo and Juliet. It's like... You dare bite your tongue at me, sir? That like, just... Random
1: explosion. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was just going to say, that <laughs> explosion. <laughs> and
0: you're like, what? <laughs> Michael Bay, don't steal our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We
1: have them trademarked and copyrighted. <laughs> Can't prove anything.
0: <laughs> we will know, Michael Bay. But anyways. Um, but like we say, Arthur Conan Doyle, author of Sherlock Holmes. But he was a 25-year-old ship surgeon at the time. Conan Doyle's story, J. Habakkuk, uh, Jefferson's statement, did not adhere to the facts. He renamed the ship Marie Celeste. The captain's name was J.W. Tibbs. The fatal voyage took place in 1873, and it was from Boston to Lisbon. The vessel carried passengers among them, the titular Jefferson. and the story, of a, a fanatic named uh, Septimus Goring, with a hatred of the white race, I mean, fair, <laughs> <laughs> has, has suborned members of the crew to murder Tibbs and take the vessel to the shores of Western Africa. The rest of the ship's company is killed, save for Jefferson, who is spared because he possesses a magical charm that is vener- venerated by Goring and his accomplices. Conan Doyle had not expected his story to be taken seriously, but Sprague was still serving as the U.S. consul in Gibraltar and was sufficiently intrigued to inquire if any part of the story might be true. Okay, then. Like, what? You're a man in some form of political power, and you fucking can't t- Like, ah. <laughs> It's concerning.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. In uh, 1913, the Strand Magazine provided an alleged survivor's account from one able full stick Separately, um, I'm sorry, supposedly Mary Celeste steward in this version, the crew had gathered on a temporary ship, swimming, swimming. thank you, shimmying Uh, platformer, I'll just shimmy shut up. (laughs) I just realized what you did there. She did the little Richard thing. She's like, woo, shut up. Anyways. (laughs) Shimmy board. Oh, I love it. A temporary swimming platform to which a swimming contest. When the platform subtly collapsed, all except Folstick were were drowned or eaten by sharks. Which what? Right. (laughs) Unlike um, Conan Doyle's story, the magazine proposed that this is a serious situation to the Enigma, but it contained many simple mistakes including Griggs for Briggs, Boyce. For Morehouse, Briggs' daughter was, um, sorry, Briggs' daughter as a seven-year-old rather than a two-year-old, a crew of 13, and an ignorance of Nautical. Nautical language. Many more people were convinced by a, um, plausible liter- Literary. Thank you. Literally hoax of the 1920s per... Dic- Perpetrated. Thank you. Um, uh, By Irish Walter Lawrence. Writer. J- what the fuck did I say? <laughs> Walter. <laughs> oh, I <shit>. am the one who knows.
1: You better hope they don't tell you you need some glasses tomorrow.
2: Uh, I could fake
1: that. You, they make you read shit. I don't know how you're going to fake that.
2: <laughs> I could fake that. Yeah. <laughs> don't you worry about me. I got this covered. I'm fucking
1: worried <laughs> as. Well. You're having a hard enough time reading words off the, the paper I'm right dyslexic.
2: now. I'm dyslexic. How dare you? <laughs> uh. Uh. Anyway. Where was I? Irish writer. Irish <laughs> writer. Lawrence J. Keaton... Uh, again, presented as a survivor story of one John Permanston? Pemberton. Perman... Pemberton. What Pemberton. 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 I'm sorry. I just. Pemberton. Yes. Okay. John Pemberton. Fucking I'm calling them. Listen up for good. <laughs> this one told a complex tale of murder, madness, and collision with the um, DeGracia. It con- included basic errors such as using Conan Doyle's name, um, Marie Celeste, and misnaming key personnel. Nonetheless, the story was so convincingly told that the New York Herald Tribune on July 26th of 1926 thought it, it truth beyond dispute. Um, Hastings described Keaton's host as an imputed trick by a man not with, without ima- um, uh, imaginative ability. So essentially, he's just saying this
0: guy's got wild imagination. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah, so then in 1924, the Daily Express published a story from retired naval war hero Captain R. Lucy, whose alleged informant was Marie, uh, Mary Celeste's former bosun, even though no such person is recorded in the registered crew list. In this tale, <laughs> Briggs and his crew are cast in the role of Predators. They cite a derelict steamer, uh, which they board and find deserted with 3,500 pounds of gold and silver in its safe. They decide to split the bunny, abandon Mary Celeste, and seek new lives in Spain. Which they reach by using the steamer's lifeboats Hastings find it, finds it astounding That such an unlikely story was widely believed For a time readers saying uh, For a time uh, Readers he say were fooled by the magic of print Which again people are dumb Like you even Anytime I love seeing whenever I Can scroll past an onion post And how many people are like It's true and it's like no <laughs> <laughs> That's not it at all But you know People just believe everything they read. What do they know? I'm absolutely guilty of clickbait. But, anyways, so Chambers' Journal of September 17th, 1904 suggests that the entire complement of Mary Celeste was plucked off one by one by a giant octopus or squid. Or Cthulhu.
2: It all makes sense.
0: Just saying. My anxiety knows that he's somewhere sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) And he will (laughs) awaken. I say that a lot at work now, just like, I just know Cthulhu is out there sleeping, because I have one coworker that has listened to our podcast, and he had asked if we did Cthulhu. I'm like, just listen to the episode, we do Cthulhu.
2: (laughs) Has he listened to it yet? Oh, yeah. That's why he laughs at my... I was like, I know Cthulhu is out there sleeping.
0: (laughs) Anyways. uh, Where was I? So, according to the Natural History Museum, giant squid can reach 49 feet in length and have been known to attack ships. Begg remarks that such a creature could conceivably have a pick, have picked off a crew member, but it could hardly have taken the yawl and the captain's picked off a crew member. God damn it. <laughs> Begg remarks that such a creature could conceivably have picked off a crew member, but it could hardly have taken the yawl and the captain's navigation instruments. Uh, other explanations have suggested paranormal in, uh, intervention. An undated edition of the British Journal of Astrology describes the Mary Celeste story as. A mystical experience. Ooh. Connecting it with the Great Pyramid of Giza, the Lost Continent of Atlantis, and the British Israel movement. The Bermuda Triangle has been invoked, even though Mary Celeste was abandoned in a completely different part of the Atlantic, which, though, maybe, hear me out, got lost in the Bermuda Triangle and then got spit out there. Ooh. Were they even by the Bermuda Triangle? I don't know, but...
1: Like someone pulls Winging up a map here for like, <laughs> yeah. they're all, like all the way up here. Yeah,
0: like here's where they left from and here's where their path would have taken them. This is where the Bermuda Triangle is. And I'm like Logic. Still got by it. Still buy it, <laughs> <laughs> Still <buying> it. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle. But anyway, so similar fantasies have considered theories of abduction by aliens and flying saucers. Yeah. Because when in doubt, aliens. 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 I know. What what do you think? <laughs> yes, I know that's exactly what it's doing. Um, but what do we think? Like you said, for plausible solution of what happened, I like the fumes thing. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. actually, learning what that is—that this stuff's not m- muck with. Yeah, yeah,
1: since it's like the gasoline.
2: And they had one thousand seven hundred and one fucking barrels yeah. of it, which is a lot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So and. It leaked out over a period of time. Well, I mean, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, actually, just because they're outside. So, I mean...
2: Yeah, but when they slept, they weren't outside.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, like, it's not really going to...
2: And that stuff would leak into the food, wouldn't it? Like, the fumes?
1: Not if the barrels were, like, leaking. I mean, if the barrels aren't leaking, then it's not... I thought, But what if they were dumb
0: and kept the food
2: close to the barrels? Yeah.
1: No. Like, it, it...
2: because it all would be in a well, car the cargo. Well, the reason
1: why is because they're out at sea. So they're getting plenty of fresh air. So like if the barrels were like at the very bottom of the of the ship But that's
0: what it's saying. Like that's why when they were saying like they thought there might have been an airing out.
1: Mhm. So like it might have be been a...
0: like sealed in a way to where it wouldn't have been able to be aired out where they would have had to like physically.
1: Yeah, so it would have to be like at the bottom of the ship and then like in a really small room, which I guess would actually yeah. make sense. Yeah. And then it would have to leave. You're literally
0: up. describing where they keep the cargo. Yeah. <laughs> in the small area at the very bottom of the ship. And it's like. <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't
1: know if they're like sleeping under the cargo. Yeah. So it, like, it could be like, here's the, the, the deck. And then it's like right below the deck. And then like everything else is underneath there.
0: I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's usually but, the I deck. Mean, if
1: it was after that, I don't
0: have blueprints. So if, I fucked up guys I should have printed out blueprints.
1: So if like They put the cargo All the way at the bottom And then like Everything else is above Yeah but what if It's cargo, seeping enough
0: To where the fumes Are poking up No because to the their...
1: see- It would seep upwards Yeah Yeah so the, That's what the, I'm saying the cargo... If they're sleeping
0: above The cargo oh, yeah. Because if cargo above Would be it, then, yeah. in the bottom That's what I'm saying That would make mo- The most sense Because you wouldn't Be wanting to Going underneath Your car- cargo Like what if Something happened And then it comes Crashing down And then you're all trapped I uh,
2: Okay, so here's the blueprint of it.
1: Alright, let me see this.
2: But what is it also? It's a
1: temperature control. case. Yeah, so it would probably be all the way at the bottom
2: then. Yeah, yeah. it's where it shows it too, baby, at the bottom. Well, that's why I was like, I feel like
0: that's like what makes most sense.
2: Is that in like, if you drank too much seawater and everything else like that, you fucking go crazy. You don't know if they were drinking as they ran the no, Well, they said the they had a lot of provisions though. Yeah. But that doesn't mean just like food. No, no?
0: the
1: provisions is anything.
2: Okay.
0: So, I don't know. Like so I said, then, it's. Yeah, yeah,
1: so then it'd probably leak like upwards, and then. If if anything. But they're saying it's in a temperature controlled room. But I mean, that's not going to. Well, be it's also the 1800s, still.
0: Well, we'll so, also so how it was, temperature yeah, controlled. Yeah, exactly.
2: Anything, anyway. possible are endless. At
0: we'll least with that
2: situation. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, so if we go to Superdantro, though. Cthulhu. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I like how there's an angry squid there, too. Yep. <laughs> Did you see it? That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so like you said,
0: I don't know, for Supernatural... Davy Jones. I mean that, or just even like, maybe the fumes could have made them go no, loopy no, or No, we're affected. on
1: Supernatural now. It can't be the fumes.
0: Fine. fine, I just like fumes. <laughs>
1: Calm down, Brie. Not everybody needs to know you're a druggie.
0: I'm not. We all know that. What? I don't. Like you said, you all know the only thing I've smoked ever when it comes to a drug is like, here, I have tried the weed. (laughs) And that is it. I was called the most boring person ever, especially when I told the one story about how I wasn't 21 yet when I was working at this bar and someone wanted to buy me shots. So I had the bartender make me a dummy shot. And she's like, oh, oh, it's badass over here. And I was like, what? I wasn't going to get drunk on the clock. Mm
2: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that.
0: But I'm lame. But I digress. So, uh, like I was saying, I don't know, like for Supernatural, um, if we're going to go serious, like I said, I mean, I would have to, again, see a map where the Bermuda Triangle is. But if it was close to the Bermuda Triangle on their path and then they got spat out further from it. I could get into that weirdness. Mm -hmm. Um, Paranormal stuff, like I just—I mean, unless there's like a ghost who's just constantly trying to commit insurance fraud, (laughs) because that was like the common theme. Because it was like, because that's what the whole concern was—they were trying to commit, trying to say they committed insurance fraud, but then it's like, that's how the boat gets destroyed—it's insurance fraud.
1: Yeah, so they're gonna just like leave.
0: It's just a ghost trying to get its money. <laughs> it's
2: my making its money way I down want the to. ocean.
0: <laughs> <base>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I said. And then, um, what was like something else I wanted to theorize? Ghost. Insurance.
1: Cthulhu.
0: Oh. I wonder, like, it makes. So they, like, never find every any evidence of the, the y'all or whatever. So I mean obviously I'm just assuming they got killed at sea.
2: Maybe. And like why
0: didn't you take some of those provisions with you? I mean I know obviously like only so much can fit, but it's like you could have brought anything.
1: Yeah, but we don't know if they hit land and then like started a new life either.
0: Yeah, but again, the thing with it with that is like he's miss like their one kid unless he really did hate that kid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, he got too mouthy
0: or hear me out the antichrist Damien <laughs> exactly it's already been born and passed and because he got abandoned his grandma's we were saved Briggs saved
2: us from the antichrist. maybe it, well that sounds terrible like maybe he was a slow child uh
0: I don't know I still feel like at that point they were just
2: grasping at straws like we
0: are. No, like, I don't know, I can't, like, it. I mean, any child with any form of mental disability was just, like, treated so harshly, so, Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
2: The uh, disappointment rooms?
0: Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, we you watched that movie, right? Mm-hmm. We were talking about that. That was good. It fucked me up, but it was good. Well, no, just a brief thing about disappointments room, just for our listeners. It was a room where, in the olden days, because having an imperfect child, like someone with mental disabilities mental disability disfigurement things like that they would lock them up in a disappointment room where no one could find them so they kept them alive because they're thinking they're doing a humane thing but they keep them locked away so that they can't be seen and it's not known that they have this child
2: yeah it's It'd pretty be like a up. hidden room like in the attic and like behind things you so wouldn't even would know that like
1: room.
0: The yeah kind of kind of
2: Except for sloth was in the basement well you wouldn't be able to hear them or see them. That's something. Well,
1: I'm saying. I'm saying
0: similar, but more yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I digress. But yeah, any other thoughts on the Mary Celeste?
2: No. I don't, that.
0: I don't know. I, don't. I got nothing. But like you said, I just, I don't know. I do like kind of some like, unsolved stuff like this because it's like, what happened though? Where did they go? Yeah. Why did they leave? Was Arthur the Antichrist? No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: Was there the rapture?
0: Was there the rapture and we just didn't know and that's just how many shitty people are on the planet. Like, like there's so many garbage human beings that God was like, okay, this eight will do.
1: So wait, 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 what about the sun? Why wouldn't the sun be in the rapture?
0: Because he was the Antichrist. Get with it, Austin. (laughs)
2: Y'all are terrible human beings. I love it. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, that's it. So if you have any thoughts or theories on the Mary Celeste or any ideas, you can email us at the.creep.cast18 at com.
2: We also have Twitter, which you can find us under Cast Creep, which is uh, both C's are capitalized.
0: We also have the Instagram, which is at the Creepcast, all lowercase.
2: Find us on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So it's with uh, the Creepcast with Brian Burr.
0: Yes, and then lastly, we have our website, which is thecreepcast.podbean.com. You can find all the links to our social medias, plus Patreon. So rate, subscribe, follow, donate, donate, and have an ooky spooky night now thinking about this mystery, because now you're just not going to sleep on it. (laughs) Is it 3 a.m. and you should get up early for work tomorrow? Nope. Time to solve what happened with Mary Celeste. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.